It's Bimageddon week, gentlemen. That's right. If you are one of the special people who are lucky, I don't know what to tell you. I just noticed my numbers are off. <laughs> it is Bimageddon. It is another week of the NFFL podcast. Let's kick it off. Welcome into the period between week six and week seven and this week's NFFL podcast. I am your host, Dr. Richard Headley, and this week, guesting with me is the NFFL's current reigning champion. You know him as Zach. His wife knows him as Jason, I think. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Ah, pleasure to have you. So, uh, Jason, how have you been enjoying the season? I believe you're sitting at five and one now. Oh, this has just been amazing. I've, how the mighty have fallen, it seems like, in some cases. <laughs> it, it is. And I believe you just uh, handed longtime rival Ben yet another in a long string of defeats. I did. I was sweating it a little bit on Monday night, though, because he had Landry putting up like 25 points, but unfortunately for Ben, his other two uh, guys that he had playing Monday night did almost nothing. So that was what saved me and, and uh, kept us about 10 points apart. So, Yeah, and those 10 points, we'll, we'll look at those later when we uh, recap the games. But as I mentioned, it is bye week, and, or bye week, it is Bimageddon. This is the one week this season that has more by more teams on by than any other week this season. There are six teams that have a bye this week. And I took all of our rosters and I broke it down. And we have one team that has eight players of their 24 on a bye this week. That's Yikes. the awful waffles. <laughs> That's not going to be a good week for them. <laughs> Uh, but they're not alone with a lot of teams on by. Uh, there are three teams with seven on, uh, on a by. We've got Night Shift, Bear Bunda's Nightmare, and the Diamond Dogs. All three have seven on a by. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer has got six on a by themselves. Gridiron Mafia and Roster Monster Guard. Roster Guard 99. They got five. And uh, we've got uh, Lance Manlove uh, guesting here tonight. Gets to gloat with only four on a bye. He and Flutie Flakes. 
And uh, my notes say six, but we already said six. So I'm going to, I believe that's only three. Uh, but Hater Tech and Ninja Panthers. Uh, any thoughts on our teams and uh, what Biomageddon might mean to some of these teams there, Jason? Well, it's fortunate for Hater Tech and Ninja Panthers being towards the bottom of the league that they've each only got three three guys out, it appears, this week. So hopefully that gives them some bit of an advantage with uh, Rev going up against Connor and with uh, Rob going up against uh, Joe. But it'll be curious to see what happens. Looking at the projected scores, I know that they're not all probably totally updated yet because people can still move their rosters around. We don't have anybody even sniffing 200 points projected. So I think everyone's going to be feeling it a little bit this week. I would agree. And if uh, the football gods are looking favorably upon Hater Tech and Ninja Panthers. So let's dive right into some news and notes. We've got some uh, conference games coming up this week, inter-conference games. We've got three of them that we'll get to. We've also got some injuries. Baker Mayfield, uh, it's since come out since Sunday. Apparently, he's telling reporters that his labrum was completely torn, not partially. And uh, I heard earlier today he's not playing Thursday. So, Rob, you might want to find another quarterback because even if he is playing... He sucks right now. <laughs> uh, OBJ playing with uh, what looks like an AC joint uh, sprain, and that really limits him. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, apparently has an ankle injury he's dealing with. Uh, no news on how extensive. Paris Campbell's got a foot injury, and we'll hint at him in just a moment. Patrick Queen has a thigh injury, and T.Y. Hilton... This guy can't get away from soft tissue injuries. He's got a quad injury. Alex Collins, uh, Monday or Sunday night, uh, potential hero dealing with both hip and glute injury. Not something you want to broadcast to the world. Dawson Knox threw a two point conversion with a broken hand and uh, had surgery or it's going to have surgery and uh, that'll lay him up for a couple weeks. Julio Jones re-aggravated the hamstring injury yet again and yeah, um, it's just gonna take up residence here on this list for a while. <laughs> and we got some guys out for some time. Kareem Hunt got a calf injury. Apparently he was lucky and it's not Achilles, but he is going to be out four to six weeks. Kevin Stefanski says, so if Chubb gets back soon, he's going to have the whole load. If not, we're looking at a bunch of no names. Kadarius Tony re-aggravated his ankle injury and he's going to be out for a little bit. Christian McCaffrey went back on the IR yet again. So he's out for another three weeks and Paris Campbell, the aforementioned foot injury, He's done for the season. You got any of these guys on your roster, Jason? Fortunately, no. I've been I've been relatively spared. I'm curious though, with the number of uh, Browns that are injured now, how that's impacting Rob's team, considering he uh, he picked based on his son's favorite players. So yeah, this is <laughs> what happens. Feeling good right now. This is the danger when a third of your roster all comes from the same team. 
at the beginning of the season, I might have said Cleveland was going to help him out a lot, but uh, that hasn't it hasn't played out well with injuries for him. No, it has not. Uh, there are other teams to stack from. And it's really sad because that, that Chubb and, and Hunt stack really was, it was working for him. But it is what it is. And let's dive into our film room review and uh, look at last week, week six. Now, I, I, uh, I tell all of our co-hosts that I dance during this, so do you. <laughs> I don't dance. All right, six games this week. Let's look at them. The first one we're going to take a look at is the Chapel Clash. Uh, for two weeks now, I have wanted to create a new stinger for this. Uh, I would have yesterday, but my town had no power for about 15 hours. So this is why I'm recording with Jason on a Wednesday, not a Tuesday. We'll see if I can get it edited and uploaded on Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I picked Night Shift to win this uh, latest renewal of the Chapel Clash, and I was right. 229.39 to 193.03. That's a 36.36 point margin of victory. Last week, I postulated that uh, the offense was potentially going to be the difference with such a disparity, but it turned out the defense was. Now, for Night Shift, TJ Watt, MVP Matt, uh, just the matchup MVP, six tackles, one assist, two sacks, one of which was a, uh, led to a forced fumble in overtime, and three defended passes. 28.40 points. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford got back on the same page and, and produced some very, very solid points. And the defense rolled in at number one on the week with 85.20 points. What are your thoughts on this performance for Night Shift this week, Jason? Yeah, the uh, you've been riding the Cooper Cup train for what four years now, five years, and he's continuing to pay dividends. And he has been TJ on my Watt. roster since a rookie. Yeah, <laughs> and and the TJ Watt pick is continuing to pay dividends. I mean, highest paid defensive player in the league is certainly faring well, and uh, you know you certainly didn't have to take into account any salary cap hits when we were doing our our draft, which is fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Now on the other side of the field for Ninja Panther, uh, it was a good day. If your name was Kirk, uh, captain Kirk cousins had a very nice day at the office, bouncing back after some, we'll call them lackluster weeks. And Christian Kirk led in targets for Arizona and had his best performance since week one. Now, on the other hand, Jacoby Myers is still the man without a touchdown. Five receptions, 44 yards. He caught a two-point conversion. But the touchdown he caught was called back for, I believe, a hold. And uh, defense was... Was the separated. Their offenses for Night Shift and Ninja Panthers, um, I forget the exact number, but I think they were only separated by like 10, 11 points. Their defense for Ninja Panthers, 54.6 points, number nine on the week. This was the the decider this week was defense. What do you think about Ninja Panthers? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you when your quarterback puts up 45 points, I mean, and you've got, he had Henderson putting up 24 and a lot of his guys, you know, exceeded their their uh, projections. That was by far 
uh, Rev's best week, but unfortunately, he was going up against you, who had an amazing week on defense with, uh, you know, a couple of your guys scoring, you know, above 25 points and another guy at 17. So certainly defense was the difference maker. We all know I like defense. (laughs) Oh, yes. All right. So let's move on. Uh, Yes, I did mention TJ Watt was the MVP. Let's move on to matchup number dos. This was our first interconference game we're going to look at this week. And it consists of Awful Waffles taking on Flutie Flakes. And, well, you mentioned how the mighty have fallen. Two-time league champion Awful Waffles has fallen on some rough times. I picked Flutie Flakes, and they did not disappoint. 174-44-236-64. Very close to the whoop-ass victory of the week. With a 62.20 point margin of victory for Flutie Flakes. But let's start with Awful Waffles. Where was Lamar Jackson against the Chargers? They spanked the Chargers every which way they could. And Lamar's stat line reads 19 for 27, 167 yards, 51 rush yards, one touchdown and two picks. Yeah, I remember what was that two two years ago he was just putting up like 35 40 45 points every week mm-hmm. and now he's still you know managing the game well and he's impressive but certainly not putting up the stats like he like he used to for for time yeah he's got his weeks but this was definitely not one of them they just leaned on their three-headed running back rotation uh, Awful Waffles' defensive rotation or defensive woes continue this season. He was number eight on the week and fell to number ten on the season. But on the bright side, Dalvin Cook returned from injury and to form on the ground. 140 rush yards and a touchdown, but for some reason only targeted twice. Uh, guess they didn't need him. Any other thoughts about Awful Waffles' performance? No, I'm I'm more looking at Flutie uh, Flakes and getting a little jealous of all his double digit points for like half his guys (laughs) well let's talk about some of them uh patrick mahomes had that absolutely atrocious first half and i don't know if you saw the uh gif that uh connor was putting up on ring but uh not a good first (laughs) half for flutie flakes uh but he did rally from his horrible first half gaining just shy of 400 passing yards two touchdowns to go with his two picks um, which I don't know if you saw this either, but his mom actually got on Twitter to make sure people knew that one of those picks was not Patrick's fault. Was that before or after his brother was dancing on the uh, commemorative thing on the field for, uh, was that Sean Taylor? Uh, yeah. And I would have to, I would have to assume that was after. <laughs> uh, and he tacked on another 31 rushing yards. Um Flutie Flakes' rushing cord took a beating this week. Uh, Antonio Gibson's shin stress fracture, and apparently he may also have an ankle injury as well. 44 rush yards and a fumble, and he did get a tackle. Um, I'm hoping that came on the play where he fumbled, so he at least made up for it some. And uh, Chuba, in relief of C-Mac, uh, he's just showing he's serviceable, but he uh, he just seems to have that low ceiling. He was only targeted three times, and he only caught one of them. 
But Stefan Diggs quietly had his best game of the season in the Buffalo loss. Nine catches, 89 yards, and a score. What do you think about Flutie Flakes and all those double-digit points? Gotta say I'm a little jealous. I mean, he's got he's only got four or five guys on his on his roster this week that were under 10 points, and most of those guys were closer to the 15-20 range, even on even on defense. So he's certainly stacked up a nice team here that's putting up consistent, you know, 200 plus uh, points every week. I would agree, and uh, I, I just. After that first half, I just could not give a matchup MVP to Patrick uh, for this week. So I gave Noah Fant, who I consistently mock week in and week out on that poopers list, the MVP for this week. Let's move on to matchup number three. And that would be Bear Boonda's Nightmare taking on E-Town Asian. I had picked E-Town. I was not wrong. 183.93 to 217.60. That's 28.67 point margin of victory for E-Town. And uh, <laughs> this will be forever known as the voodoo game. So let's get Bear Bunda's uh, take out of the way. Let's look at his side first, because then we want to take just a moment to really breathe in the uh, voodoo check. On the bright side, AJ Green reappeared. Uh, last week was a really down week for him. They didn't need him in the win, apparently. Uh, he got his regular six targets. He got his five receptions and a touchdown. I'm really curious why this week of all weeks, they started Brandon Bolden over Le'Veon Bell. I know Le'Veon is who he is and where he is in his career, but he got a touchdown. And Brandon Bolden is a lifetime special teamer. And that's all he is. <laughs> And they were the number 10 defense on the week. Uh, they only gained 54 points. What do you think about Bear Bunda this week? Yeah, I mean, he he had a, a fair number of guys that were in that two to five point range. That certainly isn't going to help him. Um, he didn't leave too many points on the bench. I mean, certainly if he had played uh, Osborne, that would have helped him uh, a little bit in, at the wide receiver position. But uh, overall, there weren't many changes he could have made that would have made a difference at the end of the day. Well, on the other side, now, I, I would like to remind everyone that last week when uh, the Fresh Prince himself was here on this podcast, he had called for three players to also come to the Voodoo Doll injury report, or whatever we called it. And uh, they all three wound up being on E-Town's team. And uh, he claims he didn't plan it. But uh, <laughs> let's just look at how those three did. The first one we're going to look at is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron was projected by the Fresh Prince to, uh, I believe, uh, dislocate the ring finger on his non-throwing hand. That it wasn't going to take him out of the game, but he wasn't going to have a good, get, a good day. Uh, Aaron's stat line, 17 of 23, 195 yards, two touchdowns through the air, 19 rush yards, a rushing touchdown, 32.30 points, and the highly memeable I own you chant to the Bears crowd. <laughs> what do you think about Aaron's performance after he was cursed with the voodoo? <laughs> he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. He seems to, his age has not caught up with him yet. I'm, I'm, 
always surprised when he gets a uh, a Russian touchdown. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that play in question, but I'm I'm assuming it was of the uh, goal line variety. It was, uh, yeah, it was within ten yards, uh, I believe. Okay. Um, I've seen the replay several times, but I've never seen it from where it started. It's it's close. Yeah, it's definitely after, red zone. After his uh, practically goose egg that he put up in the first uh, the first week um, against New Orleans, he certainly has turned it around and you know stayed in that thirty to thirty five point range uh, pretty consistently. <laughs> so. He has rebounded. It's I guess just He's had some out for Josh. Yeah, just just some rust to knock off, I guess. Well, our second player is King Derrick Henry, who was um ooh, was it a hamstring he was gonna pull sometime in the second quarter? Well, let's look at Derek's stat line. 143 rush yards, three rushing touchdowns, two receptions for 13 yards. And just over 34 and a half points. Oh, and yes, he's the matchup MVP in this uh, E-Town victory. Thoughts on Derrick Henry and his voodoo performance? I'm just jealous that uh, Josh inherited him <laughs> on his team. <laughs> not, that, not that Josh's season is going perfectly, but I mean, you just can't, you can't match the points that he's been putting up uh, running back this year. It's crazy to watch. Agreed. And our third player, who I don't believe even came off the bench uh, for E-Town, but Jalen Waddell had his best game of the season, even though he was supposed to, uh, I believe, outright tear through a hamstring. Um, <laughs> Ten receptions on 13 targets, 70 yards, and two touchdowns all across the pond. 25.27 points. And thankfully, Josh didn't need him. Thankfully for Josh, yes. <laughs> these these three Voodoo Curse players together gain 92 points. So uh, if you're playing against Bear Boonda, ask him to cast some black magic on your players for you. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. He can, he can pick as many of my players as he wants to <laughs> cast some black magic on. That'll be perfect. <laughs> I'm playing him this week. I got a text message into him after this recording's over. So <laughs> let's move on to our projected toilet bowl game of the week. And that would be Hater Tech taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. This is the only game I whiffed on in my picks. And let's be honest, it's only because I I challenged myself to pick an underdog last week, and that was the one I picked. <laughs> uh, obviously, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer took it 134.28 to 201, 201 even. That's a 66.72 point victory margin. And uh, that does earn Jim Kelly Hates Cancer the whoop-ass victory of the week. Let's start with Hater Tech. Um, running back, Kareem Hunt in solo action goes down in his non-contact injury before even hitting 10 points. David Johnson, two rushes for seven yards, one reception for 14 yards, and a fumble. Not looking good for running backs at all, and they were shaky before uh, going into this game with just one half of the Cleveland stack 
I say this every year about one team in at least one game, and this is what, five years into the podcast, Justin Tucker outscored all but quarterback on offense and all but three players on the entire roster this week for Hater Tech. It's always a kicker that I say this about, at least once a season on one team, and it's almost always Justin Tucker. (laughs) And um, I'm really not sure. Chandler Jones was started. Chandler Jones was on the COVID list. Chandler Jones has been on the COVID list since at least last Wednesday. Not that Chandler Jones is going to make up 66 points, but eh, at least try to make a little more competitive in getting your ass kicked. I don't know that he had too too many. He didn't have too many options. He had one, two, three, four guys that were on IR before the game even started. He add, added Kareem Hunt, and then he had two other guys that were out that were on his bench. So he is absolutely decimated <laughs> at this he point. Really I think is. he needs to start dropping some guys and picking up new ones. <laughs> I would agree. And, uh, you know, some people have tried to trade with, uh, with hater tech and, uh, you know, yeah, might want to entertain some of those offers. Now for Jim Kelly hates cancer. Adam Thielen snapped that bad streak he was on. Last week I mentioned that this was probably a final straw game. Had a really great week before going on his bye. 11 for 126 in a score. Justin Herbert had a rough outing. Sub 200 passing yards. Uh, one touchdown, two picks. Just really just a gross game for him. And right before a bye. Uh, But Daryl Williams, really solid in relief for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. In fact, so good that he is the matchup MVP of this game. 62 rush yards, but two scores and three receptions for 27 yards. Tell me about Jim Kelly Hates Cancer's roster. Yeah, definitely a disappointing week at at quarterback. But again, thankfully, he didn't need Herbert to put up 55 points like he did the the week before when he has – I mean, he's got some of the strongest uh, group of – wide receivers he doesn't have any of those standout guys like some of the other teams have with um you know and running back with like Derrick Henry or anybody like that he's putting up 30 35 points but uh uh Chuck definitely had his fair share of you know 19 to 25 point range guys uh at wide receiver and running back that certainly easily put him over that 200 mark mm-hmm. and I believe I did challenge him to uh to play hater tech with uh, running back tied behind his back. And he didn't do that, but I guess Justin having such a rough outing kind of counts. <laughs> yeah, less than half points from the week before. Yeah, kind of. Well, let's move on to our next matchup, which is also an interconference game. And that would be Gridiron Mafia taking on Roster Guard 99. I'd picked Roster Guard 99. They did not disappoint. 173.34 to 185.49 for our closest game of the week. That's a 12.15 point margin of victory for Roster Guard 99. For Gridiron Mafia, Leonard Fournette, solid week again. Rushing, receiving, two rushing touchdowns. He is definitely set in place as Tampa Bay's running back one. 
And after last season, you had to wonder if he was ever going to be an RB1 again. Wide receiver, massive disappointment. Combined for 10 receptions on 19 targets, 90 yards, and zero touchdowns. 14 points combined. At running back, Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch, and that was announced 90 minutes before the game. And yet he was still started. Available on the waiver wire. Here are just some of the names. Sony Michelle put up 4.20 points. Philip Lindsay put up almost six and a half. Travis Homer, seven and a half points. Eli Penny, 10 and a half points. Devonta Freeman, 11.30 points. And if you would have picked up DJ Dallas and started him instead of the healthy scratch Tyson Williams, granted, probably wouldn't have done it myself, but hey, hindsight's 2020. It's always fun to play Monday morning quarterback, right? DJ Dallas on the waiver wire, 13.93 points and would have won you the game. What do you think about Gridiron Mafia's performance this week? It seems like he, you know, did what he could. Again, he's got a couple guys that are carrying him with Fournette and, and Tom Brady, but everyone else is kind of just a bit unremarkable. He had a good week on defense, uh, with the exception of Von Miller, um, which would definitely be his his bright point, but his offense certainly isn't doing him any favors at running back, tight end, and, and wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough this week. Well, that's, yeah, it really is. Now, for roster guard 99, uh, Joe Mixon just makes the century mark rushing. Uh, and add on uh, 59 yards receiving on five receptions and a touchdown. He had a very, very solid day. Apparently uh, not too injured. Um, Mike Williams granted the entire Chargers team sucked but he wasn't even on the field for pretty much the entire fourth quarter he only had two receptions on five whole targets um i i don't know if they just kind of threw in the towel or if they were just managing potential injury for him i heard that rumor but uh thankfully for him he's got the bye this week and uh yannick and on the defense for roster Aside from one two-sack performance, this man has done virtually nothing. Over five weeks, he has three tackles and five assists over those other five weeks besides that two-sack performance. I'd cut him loose. What do you think about roster guard 99? He certainly had a good week on defense um, with Trayvon Diggs just looking great in uh, in the game uh, for Dallas. Uh but again, I mean, you, you mentioned Joe Mixon had a really good game for him, and Joe Burrow looked good uh, in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, solid week, a solid week for Jonathan. It's good to see him back from, you know, his uh, last place finish two years ago, moving up to seventh last year, and now sitting here in second place at five and one. So he seems to be uh, back in the swing of things. He's definitely found his groove, and uh, Trayvon Diggs is his matchup MVP. Uh, he's got uh, an interception in every game this season, I believe, and I believe he might have two in one of them. Yeah, he's only got one point, uh, game that was sub-10 points, and it was 9.6, first, first game of the, uh, the season. So, 
certainly reliable. Well, our last game of the week from week six was our game of the week. And it was our long-standing rivalry between Diamond Dogs and Lance Manlove. Now, I said I only whiffed on one, but I actually whiffed on two. This is the other one I whiffed on. I'd pick Diamond Dogs, and uh, he almost did it. (laughs) (laughs) 188.48 to 199.40. 10.92-point margin of victory for uh, Lance Manlove. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's start with Diamond Dogs. Kyler Murray rebounded versus Cleveland in a huge way. I didn't expect it to be this big. He was surgical. 20 of 30, four touchdowns, and he only had 229 yards through the air. He barely ran. DJ Moore is really fading after his strong start. He's still highly targeted, but this is two weeks in a row without scores. And... I didn't watch the game, but apparently he fumbled and dropped at least one pass that would have extended a drive. So, uh, I don't know what's going on there. And uh, Harold Landry the third, uh, Very solid game for him on defense. Five tackles, three assists, two sacks. Very, very good looking for the defense. What do you think about your opponent there this week? Yeah, we were pretty evenly matched. I mean, we, we essentially canceled each other out at quarterback. Uh, his wide receivers were far better than mine across the board. But then, you know, my, uh, my decision to keep uh, Harrison at, uh, at my flex position certainly saved me this week. Uh, I didn't have anybody on my bench who would have been a better fit and just kind of got a little bit lucky there putting him in because I had to pick between him and a couple other guys and nobody – that was left on my bench really did anything at all. So I'm glad that I kept him in at that flex position because pretty much everything else that we had canceled out uh, during the rest of the, the rest of the week. Well, let's uh, let's look at your team there. Uh, Dak Prescott, strong outing, even though he uh, apparently injured himself on that last play of the game, but he's got the bye week upcoming three touchdowns to one pick 445 passing yards, calf injury, last play of the game. You had a little bit of a roller coaster for running back there. Jonathan Taylor, 14 rushes for 145 yards and two touchdowns. James Conner, uh, 16 for 71 and no scores, so not a whole lot going on there. But Damian Harris, 18 for 101 and a touchdown. It's a little, little bit of excitement there. Very fortunate, though that one or more of the four overperformers on Diamond Dog's bench weren't started. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he plays one of, one of those guys, and that's going to be the difference. Uh, I've, I've long said fantasy football is about 30% skill and 70% luck. So. <laughs> I, kept, I kept waiting for the waiting for the trash talk to come from Ben, and nothing was happening until maybe uh, nine o'clock on, on Monday night. He, he had one comment on ring and that was, that was it. So it was, it was uh, closer than I would have wanted to be all week, but I kept waiting for Ben to like go for the jugular. He, he must've been worried all week. <laughs> ben, you're mellowing in your old age. 
Or you're just busy gambling. Well, oh, that too. We'll hear from him <laughs> later and see how he did. Uh, the matchup MVP is Dak Prescott. And that's all our games for week six. Let's hand out some week six hardware. We're going to hand out some offensive and defensive players of the week. And uh, let's just start with Telnet. My notes say Derek Hentu, but I'm pretty sure that's Derek Henry. Running back for E-Town, 143, three touchdowns, two receptions for 13 yards, 34.60 points. And the defense player of the week for Telnet, Trayvon Diggs for Diamond Dogs. Wait. No, not Diamond Dogs. Why did I write Diamond Dogs there? <laughs> roster guard. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs is a defensive back for roster guard. Five tackles, one interception, one touchdown, one pass defensed, 21 points even. For Sparcy, offense player of the week goes to C.D. Lamb, wide receiver for Diamond Dogs. There you go. There's your credit. Nine for 149 and two touchdowns. Good to see him back after a couple of uh, not-so-great weeks. 31.60 points. And the defensive player of the week for Sparcy, TJ Watt, linebacker for night shift. Six tackles, one assisted tackle, two sacks, one forced fumble, three pass defensed, 28.40 points. Those are your offensive and defensive players of the week. Let's move on to something a little more entertaining and look at the week six poopers. The brown note! Alright, so these are the players who, as I say every week, I don't consider injured players poopers. Poopings when a player fails miserably to meet their projected expectations, and they had to have started for their NFFL teams. Now, last week, Danny and I discovered the joy of coming up with uh, bathroom-related puns for names on the fly. You feel up to that tonight, Jason? Sure. <laughs> All right, how about we take these every other? I'll, I'll start it <laughs> off with uh, with Tyson. Uh, <laughs> I did not do any of these ahead of time, so I'm <laughs> I'm just as on the fly as you will be. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, let's see. Tyson. <laughs> Tyson Williams, healthy, scratching my ass. <laughs> mm. I am I am not an improv expert head. So <laughs> I don't know I don't know what would go with Tyler Lockett. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh uh, we'll just go and if anything we'll just go every other and if anything comes up we'll, we'll go for Eric Will <laughs> Eric Wilson. And you would have Montez. Oh, okay. Montez Sweat. <laughs> I've <never> Chase. <laughs> Chase McLaughlin. Mike Evans. Chandler Jones. COVID. Terry McLaurin. I got nothing to 
There's a reason I'm an accountant. Me. I am not funny. Unless you laugh at me. Well, see, I that one you could be like... <laughs> well, see, but that one you'd be like Terry Scary in the bathroom, McLaurin. Zach Moss grows on Mapu. Yannick Ngakwe. Can barely say his name to begin with. <laughs> Joe Schobert in the bowl. Ederson Griffin. Nick Vigil. <laughs> Obviously, Nick had a goose. Mike Williams. And you get Hollywood Brown. That's the easiest one. Of course. Hollywood Brown Town. <laughs> David Johnson. I got nothing. Oh, come on. David Johnson's touching the water. <laughs> Quandre digs for that gold. Naeem Heine. Naeem Heine? Heine. Yeah. <laughs> this is Pooper. There you go. Matt Milano. Tyler, boy, he sucks. Um. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Chase Claypool. Yeah, he didn't do anything for me this week. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Bolden. I got nothing. Well, the name there, it's bold. And <laughs> Puda Baker. And then last but not least, John U. Smith. Nothing. Yeah, he's just... He's just a permanent resident. These are your week six poopers of the week. Not good enough, damn it. Not good enough. Now, uh, we've got a little something different for you this week. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> Jason and I have uh, something. If the. Uh, there we go. Jason and I have cooked up a little something fun for you. We're going to call it Jason's Football IQ. Or lack thereof. <laughs> or lack thereof. Now, in keeping with the grand tradition of uh, Thurman Thomas, we're going to test Jason's football knowledge by uh, seeing if he can guess the uh, position and team of some NFL players' names as I put them out there. Now, are these going to be current or former or both? Uh, I'm, I'm giving you a little mix of both. Okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> I've never let the game show music go this long before. It's kind of fun. I promise not to cheat. <laughs> All right. So Jason's on the phone. So uh, I'm going to assume that uh, this is honor system. We're going to start you off easy. Now, if they're active, you have to go with current. All right. We're going to start you off with okay. Deshaun Jackson. Wide receiver. And the Rams. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Wrong one. You were correct. Oh. <laughs> yes, wide receiver for the Rams. He's their current deep threat. All right. Mo Ali Cox. I'm going to take a stab and say linebacker. No. Wow. 
Tight end. I have no idea the team. Okay. Indianapolis Colts, also known as Gigantor. Cody White. Are these real names? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> wide receiver. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'm going to go with, since I've never heard of him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess NFC. I'm going to say Tampa Bay. Cody White is actually on Pittsburgh's roster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many snaps has he played? I'm assuming he hasn't played any since preseason, but, okay. eh. but I don't feel bad. <laughs> Brian Dawkins. That's a former player, correct? Not active. I'll, I'll give you that. Yes, he is okay. former. Okay. I'm going to say defensive back. Okay. I'm not as stupid as I thought. Uh, Atlanta. No, Brian was an eagle for the bulk of his career and finished with the Broncos. All right. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018. Kendall Hinton. active and Cincinnati no I'm going to say running back no Kendall is a Denver wide receiver whose claim to fame was last year he was the first time in a long time we've seen an emergency quarterback okay Dare Angumboale that has to be alignment of some sort. No. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to say Browns. No. Running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> How about Tim Brown? That's former. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to say running back. (sighs) Buffalo Bills. No. Tim was a Raider for just about the entirety of his career. J.C. Jackson. Such a boring name. Doesn't ring a bell at (laughs) all. That should give you a hint. Should give me a hint. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Philadelphia. Uh, I have no idea. R- wide receiver. JC is a defensive back for the Patriots. <sighs> A boring name. I was trying to hint you towards, uh, you know, that splashy coach they've got up there. Oh, see, I thought I said ring a bell, and then I thought you were going more for uh, Philadelphia. Ah, that's why I said don't think too much. <laughs> Camus Gruger Hill. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 
I don't know if I've ever heard that word before. <laughs> I have no idea. Is that person on a fifty-two uh, on a fifty-three man roster? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say Forty ers linebacker. You're half right. Camus is a linebacker, but he plays for the Texans. So far this season, he's put up 49 points. And I do have one bonus for you. Bobby Trees. What was that? Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees? Yeah. I thought you were going to pick people I've heard of before. I just couldn't remember what position they played. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Third string tight end for Jacksonville. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, this is a bonus question because Bobby Trees is actually Robert Woods, wide receiver for the Rams. (laughs) I would have got that. (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself. Look at you. Shame. Shame on what you are. Uh, you didn't do too bad. I congratulate you. You did pretty good. I, I did. Uh, I picked uh, pretty much. I, I picked pretty much all active except for two former. And uh, yeah, I tried to find guys with the exception of Cody White. All of the active guys, uh, well, Kendall, not so much, but they're all contributors to their teams currently. So maybe next time I'll go for some bigger names. We'll see. That (laughs) (laughs) That was Jason's Football IQ. If you'd like to see more of Jason's Football IQ, you can write us with snail mail and petition to have it reinstated. I don't know what I'm saying because the music has taken over. And now it's time to go and look at a preview for next week. If I would have said O.J. Simpson, what would you have said? Hmm. Bill's running back. Okay, you would have got that one. <laughs> Let's start off with your own squad in an interconference matchup. Lance Manlove at 5-1, and one, taking on E-Town Asian at 3-3. Three and three. Super early projected outcome when I put these stats together Monday and Tuesday is that Lance Manlove's going to win by approximately 10 points. Now, granted, it's been two days since I put these together, so if these numbers are off, screw you guys who are listening. It's not you guys putting the podcast together. <laughs> it is still accurate as of right now. <laughs> Actually, it's 15 now, points. <laughs> now, for Lance Manlove uh, with By McGeddon, uh, missing Dak Prescott, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, 
uh, all these three have averaged 63 and a half points between them, which puts uh, Lance Manlove at a Bimageddon level of red. So the player to watch this week for me is Calvin Ridley. He's been kind of disappointing this season coming off two weeks rest didn't make the trip the trip out to england for personal reasons who's your player to watch in this matchup definitely ridley um i've been waiting for him to come back i was surprised i, I mean granted i don't follow the the details extremely closely but i never even saw what his reasoning his personal reasoning was for not making the trip uh, overseas for that other game um so i've been anxiously awaiting his return and hopefully uh hopefully it pays off and he's well rested but yeah that's i think my my entire i don't want to say my entire week hinges on him having a good game but if he has a good game that's definitely a huge difference maker mm. and i don't think we ever got much more than personal reasons now yeah. your opponent e-town missing justin jefferson james robinson who've averaged 32 points between them so by again warning levels only at a yellow The player to watch, for me, whoever fills in for James and Justin. Uh, the rest of the roster, yeah, whatever. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Who are you? Uh, who's your player to watch? Yeah, I mean, I think his his week's going to hinge on Aaron Rodgers, and if Rodgers has a, a good game against the Washington Football Team, um, then you know that could that could make or break his week. What I'm curious to see is what he's going to do with. Uh, yeah, the open spot where, well, actually, <laughs> so Derrick Henry right now is not showing as contributing anything to the projected score, but he does have a game. So I think that's going to change the projection pretty significantly right now. <laughs> For some reason, Yahoo's showing him as a zero with projected points, but he is playing in Kansas City this week. So uh, I think it, it looks to be a much closer game than maybe we were thinking. Could be. I was looking at his roster on the bench to see who could replace Derrick Henry, thinking he had a bye week, but he does not. So that'll definitely uh, make our make our week a lot closer. It does. I did not pick up that Derrick was uh, was there with a zero. So yeah, I don't know football, yeah, but I can so. see my numbers. <laughs> That's why you're an accountant. Uh, well, I'm I'm still gonna stick with Lance Manlove as my pick for this matchup, and let's move on to matchup number two, which is another interconference matchup, and that is Diamond Dogs at three and three taking on Roster Guard ninety nine at five and one. Super early projected outcome is that Roster Guard 99 is going to win by about 30 or so. For Diamond Dogs, missing Greg Joseph, C.D. Lamb, Najee Harris, Zach Moss, Cole Beasley, Devin Singletary, Micah Parsons, Matt Milano, who have averaged 88.5 points between them, obviously puts them at a bimageddon warning level of red. My player to watch is Latavius Murray. He looked good this week, but he quickly fell into a rotation 
And like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, he's he's, he's dealing with an, a leg injury. Uh, who's your player to watch this week? I would say, I mean, Kyler Murray is uh, Ben's projected heaviest point carrier. Ben has a little bit of work to do on his roster right now because he's got uh, a couple a couple spots here with, well, this could be more of a Yahoo thing, actually, now that I'm looking at it. He's got a few areas where he has zero projected points, but those guys do have games. So Ben should put up well above the 135 points that he's currently projected at. But, um, yeah, none of his none of his guys have uh, huge, huge weeks projected. Um, so it'll be curious to see what happens. Ben needs a, a win this week. He started the season out strong at 3-0 and and has dropped three straight. So... If he drops four straight here, that could, uh, that could, I'm not saying it could be the end of Ben's season, but certainly doesn't bode well. Mm, seeding is everything. Now for us, we got 99. Yes, you did. Uh, missing Mike Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Trevon Diggs, Harrison Smith, who have averaged uh, 60 points between them, uh, gives them a Bimageddon level warning of orange. And uh, the player to watch for me in this one is Chase Edmonds against Houston. Houston is, it's like playing a JV squad this year, especially on defense, uh, ever since Tyrod Taylor went down. And Chase hasn't been stellar yet, but uh, after last week's game against uh, Houston, um, anyone who plays running back can can suit up and be ridden all day long. So I'm looking for Chase to have a big day. Who's your player to watch? See, I'm going to pick Chase Edmonds for a different reason. I'm going to play the voodoo card here and hope something happens to Chase Edmonds so that James Conner gets all the touches and helps me out. <laughs> Which means Chase so Edmonds is going to have an amazing game. <laughs> I see how you do it. Uh, I'm picking roster guard 99 to win this no matter what Chase Edmonds does. Let's move on to matchup number three. And that would be Awful Waffles taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Awful Waffles sitting at one and five, just barely out of uh, first place for the Pierce. And Jim Kelly at four and two. The super early projected outcome when I sat down to do all this was that Awful Waffles was going to take it by two. Now for Awful Waffles, they're missing Keenan Allen, LaVisca Chenault, Dalvin Cook, Greg Zerline, Joe Schobert, Tremaine Edmonds, who've averaged between them 62 and a half points, which is a Bimageddon warning level of red. And their player to watch is Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's going up against Cincinnati. Uh, it's, it's a division game. Historically, in his five games against Cincinnati since he came into the league, he averages 15 uh, completions, 180 yards through the air, and two scores. Um, just over a half an interception. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out in an actual game, but that's what the numbers are. And only 87 rushing yards. Those are the averages. So it averages out to about 30, just over 30 and a half points. After last week, Awful Waffles needs this as a floor 
to have a real shot at Jim Kelly hates cancer because right now this is awful waffles best player. <laughs> uh, what do you think about awful waffles? Who's his player to watch? I, I think Ty and Scott really need this game this week. Uh, if they, if they lose this, it'll be five straight and that's almost impossible to come back from. And it actually is projected to be a relatively close game. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's going to hinge on um, a combination of Lamar Jackson and just generally uh, their defense stepping up. They've got some pretty good projections in terms of um, the defensive output, but I'll be curious to see if they can, if they can uh, meet those projection projections. I feel like Aaron Donald hasn't really had the, the season that you would hope from him. So hopefully he and the rest of uh, Ty and Scott's defense can step up and um, turn it around and get them, keep them from going five straight losses or six, mm-hmm. be six straight losses. <laughs> uh, well, straight, let's yeah. look at, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause they, they had, they had a win in there somewhere. Um, let's look at Jim Kelly hates cancer. Uh, they're missing Marvin Jones, Nick Vigil, Adam Thielen, Justin Herbert, Tony Pollard, who've all averaged 83 points a week between them. And that gives them an arm, a by Mageddon warning level of red. Their player to watch for me is Jared Goff going up against his former team, the Rams. Uh, to, you know, typically revenge game narratives are fun to look at. You always want to prove yourself against the team who let you go. And, uh, you're in the midst of a rebuilding project. Your team hasn't won yet. So there's that, but he's surrounded by ailing weapons. He's lost a player to a clavicle injury. His stud tight end is dealing with lingering knee issues. Their running game is almost non-existent. So I'm really, really interested to see what Jared Goff does this week. What do you think? Who's your player to watch? Yeah, I agree. It has to be Goff. I mean, Goff is a big step down from from Herbert, who uh, who Chuck has been riding all season and has been putting up crazy numbers. So, um, I mean, Goff has had his share of good games, but he hasn't been consistent. He's had too many games where he's in that 10 to 15 point range. Um as opposed to being up in the you know high twenties and thirties where you want your quarterback to ideally be. So, um, you know, if that revenge aspect comes into play and playing his former team, you know, he could go off and really help, uh, Chuck out, or he could lay an egg, uh, like he has a couple times this year and put up 12 points. So I think Chuck's week is totally going to depend on, on Goff having a, a good game or not. Indeed. Uh, I am picking Jim Kelly hates cancer to hand off waffles. Another loss in this one. I'm going to pick Sorry, Ty, Ty on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think taking so. this underdog? I think Ty, Ty's going to turn it around. He has to get at least one here. <laughs> All right. Going with the underdog. I can't blame you. It's tough for me to pick one. I, I honestly flipped a coin. So, All right. So let's go with our next uh, game, which is going to be our projected toilet bowl game of week seven, which is also an interconference game. Uh, 
And that would be Gridiron Mafia at 2-4, and four, taking on Hater Tech at 0-6. And, and super early projected outcome is that Hater Tech's going to take it by a point. For Gridiron Mafia, they're missing Amari Cooper, Rayshon Jenkins, Devin Bush, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, the defensive player Josh Allen, who have all averaged 63 points between them. That's a buy-mageddon morning level of red. And the player to watch in this one, <laughs> Janu Smith. Fourth highest paid tight end, 30 million guaranteed in the NFL, has run 15 total pass routes, resulting in four targets during his past two games. This is why I mock you weekly for continuing to have him on your roster. Why is he still there? Who's your player to watch in this matchup, Jason? Not him. <laughs> 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 Until he's off that roster, I will mock him every week. <laughs> he is he is only rostered on thirty nine percent of le- leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, not that tight end is a deep a deep position, but uh, yeah, he's definitely been putting up some horrible numbers point nine, one point four. Um, I think his week's gonna depend on you know what Tom Brady can do. Uh, you know, Brady has had some amazing weeks and he's had you know, one or two, eh, maybe just one kind of average week. Um, so if, if Brady returns to this 45 to 50 point um, performance, I think that's going to help uh, Joe significantly here and, and keep uh, Rob in the basement. Now for Hater Tech, they are only missing Tyler Conklin and Cam Hayward. Uh, who've averaged 18 points between them. So their by Magetta warning level is only at the blue. What's his IR warning level? <laughs> um, is there a nuclear? Is there a, a nuclear warning? <laughs> where's Where's my video game? Um, my player to watch, their Cleveland running back stack is down. So whoever they find to fill in there. Uh, who's your player to watch for Hater Tech? Uh, um, <laughs> Justin Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, yeah. He put up more points right. than their offense last week. Why not? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm wondering if he can outscore their quarterback this week. Hmm. Very possible. And now you know why that is our Toilet Bowl game of the week. Let's move on to our penultimate matchup of the week. Another interconference matchup. Ninja Panthers at 2 and 4 taking on Flutie Flakes at 4 and 2. The super early projected outcome is that Flutie Flakes will take this by about 20. Uh, missing on Ninja Panthers roster, Kirk Cousins, Dawson Knox, Leighton Vander Esch, who've all averaged 52 and a half points. Puts them at a buy uh, again warning level of orange. Uh, 
The player to watch for Ninja Panthers for me is Debo Samuel, their stud wide receiver returning uh, this week, had the bye last week. And uh, rumors abound that he gets Jimmy G back rather than Trey Lance. So uh, looking to have a nice big day from Debo. Who's your player to watch for Ninja Panthers? I'm going to say Daryl Henderson. You know, he's had he had a strong week last week. Uh, the two weeks before that, he was putting up an average of about 15 points. So um, I'll be curious to see, you know, what he can do against Detroit. You know, Detroit's been lackluster, um, and they're giving up the most points to uh, running backs in terms of uh, fantasy performance. So uh, he could be in for a big week. They could turn it around for Ninja Panthers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, for Flutie Flakes, they're missing Stefan Diggs, Deontay Johnson, Derwin James, who've all averaged a combined 43 points. They're also at an orange Bimageddon warning level. Their player to watch for me is Michael Carter, running back for the New York Jets, going up against New England. I don't blame you if you have never heard of this guy, listener. Um... Uh, I'm very interested to see what he might do because it's the Jets against New England. And I don't have a lot of faith in Michael Carter. Who's your player to watch? <laughs> well, right now, Michael Carter's, at least as of right now, he's on uh, he's on the bench for for Connor. But he might be worth considering throwing in there, considering he put up 10 points in week four and 14 points in week five, and he's coming off a bye week. So not to say it would be reliable, but um, I'm, I'm looking at um, uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and Antonio Brown, the two of them, Um, you know, Mahomes has been hit or miss uh, this year so far, certainly not putting up the points and the overall game game management performance that uh, we were used to over the last couple of years. Um, I'm also curious to see what Antonio Brown can do if he can keep putting up these 20 plus point weeks. Um, you know, he, he was down weeks two through four in the single digits, but um, he's got three, three weeks at 20 to 30 points. So be curious to see what he can do. Um, what he can do this week against Chicago. All right. I am picking Flutie flakes. Even if Michael Carter stays on the bench, and for our game of the week. It's going to be another interconference game. And that's going to be Night Shift at 5 and 1 taking on Bear Bunda's Nightmare at 2 and 4. Super early projected outcome is that Bear Bunda is going to get their third win by taking Night Shift out behind the shed. And spank them to the tune of around 30-point victory. Now for Night Shift, they're missing Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, number two and running, number three running backs on the season, TJ Watt, Tyler Bass, Micah Hyde, Greg Rousseau, who have all averaged 86 points between them. That's a Bimageddon warning level of red. <laughs> Now, the player to watch for me for Night Shift is whoever fills in for Eckler and Zeke, the aforementioned number two and number three running backs on the season. 
because that roster depth on the bench is not too great. Who's your player to watch for night shift? I'm looking at the combination of uh, Stafford and Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, if they have a big game against Detroit, and again, Detroit has um, not been great uh, in general on defense, better on the, against the pass than against uh, the run. But if, if Stafford and Cup have a huge game and you're able to double up on those points, uh, that could certainly close the gap a bit. And I would I would give yourself credit for the fact that Yahoo is still giving you zero projected points for at least two of your players who you have rostered who do have games. So you may close that gap a little bit. And there is there is something to be said for the potential of a Matthew Stafford revenge game narrative coming back into Detroit, too. So, yeah, there's that. For Barbunda, they are missing Josh Allen, the quarterback, Minka Fitzpatrick, Anthony Brown, Joey Bosa, KJ Osborne, Pat Fryruth, and Miles Jack, who have averaged 98 and a half points between them. That is a Bimageddon warning level of red. And my player to watch is one that was, I believe, picked up this week, Jameis Shaky Winston. His season this year has been a roller coaster. It's been as high as 43 points and as low as 13. So which Jameis shows up? Who's your player to watch for Berbunda? I was also going to say Jameis Winston. Um, you know, if he can put up points like he did that first week against, um, against Green Bay uh, when they kind of surprised him and came out uh, scoring a lot of points, that would be good, but I have a feeling that uh, he'll be a little bit more back down to earth and playing more like he did in uh, Tampa Bay. And, and uh, I don't think he's going to be eating a W this week. <laughs> uh, yes. Every time I hear Jameis, that's the image that comes to my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are your picks for this week. Uh, let's take a visit over to Ben's Corner for Ben's picks. All right, so we've got Ben in tonight with Ben's Bets. Yeah, good evening, Head. Last time we uh, chatted, you were going to try something a little bit different uh, with your betting strategy. Uh, so how'd that pan out for you? Uh, not great, Head. You know, I just, uh, again, thanks for having me on the show. I'm sitting here tonight uh, looking over fantasy, doing a little prep for the weekend. I've got blues playing on my my loud system speaker system and uh just kind of having a glass of red and and trying to get excited for the weekend ahead i'm a little sad these days uh for ben's bets i i started the goats john connor and chuck uh i, I was gonna try and and throw some outsiders like uh db and rob in there but then i looked at their rosters and i just couldn't make it work it was just too depressing <laughs> i i don't blame um, you this week <laughs> <laughs> especially especially for Rob. So I just started the goats because they're the only ones really winning me any money. The only one that won me money this week is Chuck. He won me five bucks. Um, so thanks, thanks Chuck, for giving me a little cash. But uh, I can do a little rum, numbers rundown for you. So far, the only uh, folks that have won me money and not going to really count Rob is, is are the goats. Uh, John is netting me so far $11. Connor is netting me two. 
and Chuck is netting me a whole $1. And for every dollar I've won, I've lost about three. Hmm. So that's where we sit six weeks <laughs> into the season for Ben's bets. I was doing a little research tonight and DraftKings, and I, I'm really just getting tired of only being able to choose from the, the Sunday afternoon games. So uh, they have a contest starting tomorrow night for the Thursday night game that runs through Monday. So I'm actually going to probably try a good swath of the league again, put everybody's rosters in because I think we'll actually get a, you know, a little bit more of a fair glance at, at how everybody does in fantasy. So similar contest rules, uh, you know, three or $4 entry fee. I think the contest will, the first place winner for this particular one is 10 grand. So hopefully one of our folks can, Make me some big money this week. Excellent. And for every dollar you win, uh, 10 cents goes back to Nellis's For the Kids charity, right? Absolutely. Um, specifically, <laughs> Jason, because he's the only kid on the roster these days. <laughs> All right. And I believe you had a, uh, a, a new segment you wanted to get into, uh, uh, something about grinding some gears. You know what really grinds my gears? This Lindsay Lohan. Eh? Lindsay Lohan with all those little outfits. Jumping around there on stage, half naked with, with your little outfits. You know? You're, uh, you're up there jumping around, and I'm just sitting here with my beer. I was kind of sad after my loss to Jason. Um, not only because it was Jason, um, Zach, Burn Cookies, and my, my old roommate there. Uh, I've dropped three three in a row. Head, what do you make of that? Uh, I'm. It's been an odd year in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think you picked up the right tight end last week, and you had four guys on the bench that just they outperformed, and any one of those four would have won the game for you. Yeah, I agree. It's really throwing some salt in the wound there with your honesty. Thanks, Head, for that. And I'm going to make it worse. Uh, I was looking it up just to verify some things. But all three of my losses the last week, uh, last three weeks, um, I could have won with people on the bench. Even Jeremy. It would have been tight. I think I would have beat him by a point, maybe less. But I had the money to do it on the bench. Three of uh, my six games so far have come against the top two teams in the division and the league, for that matter. I'm fourth in overall points and fifth in overall points against. So I've had some tough sledding, played some tough folks, had some tough breaks. But I think I've got a good way forward, and hopefully I can squeak one out against John this week because he's got some fucking voodoo magic working for him right now. <laughs> Five and one, top of his division. He's 12th in points against. And seventh in points four. So his offense sucks. His team sucks. Barely <laughs> middle of the pack. But he's had six easy fucking games. And he's only made five moves on the waiver wire. I know you're a GOAT, John. You've had a lot of success in this league. But you're just pissing me off right now. <laughs> just with uh, the current streak. And then, as you said, the Bimageddon. I am going to give the edge to John just because... Um, I don't know if he's paying off, but it's working for him right now. He's he's been making some sacrifices to those football gods that hate uh, uh, <laughs> that hate Rob. That's true. Well, Rob Rob kind of uh, hurts his own destiny a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rob's an emotional 
emotional coach, you know, make some emotional picks, you know, trying to trying to make his son happy with all the Cleveland players. I get it, Rob, but you got to make some tough calls sometimes. You got to shake up that roster. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Wise words. Well, Ed, I, I appreciate the time tonight. Um, I look forward to next week's update. Um, hopefully a uh, better result for me and a better result for the league with uh, winning some cash. Indeed. Uh, hopefully we do hear about lots and lots of cash rolling into your coffers next week and maybe some uh, greased gears instead of grinding. Gears hoping. All Thanks, right. Ed. Have a good night. Thanks, Ben. Good night. This is our weekly check-in with our Telnet versus Sparsi uh, segment. There were two interconference games in week six. Telnet took both of them, uh, bringing the head-to-head record after eight games played. Four wins for each each conference. Telnet four, Sparsi four. Parody. <laughs> Yes, very, very much so. Um, also, uh, in the argument for parity, each conference collectively has a record of 18 and 18. Parity. <laughs> what is not parity is there has been a, a shift in the points scored category. Through the first five weeks, Sparcy was leading in that category uh, by a uh, hundred, couple hundred points here and there, depending on the week. After six weeks, Telnet has pulled ahead a little bit. 7,035.59 points scored to Sparcy's 6,885.11 points. Uh, so they're ahead by, I don't know, 145, 150 points now. You know, we're almost at the midway point in the regular season. So it's still a pretty relatively even head-to-head conference. So uh, the realignment seems to be going well. We won't have to vote on that again at uh, winter meetings. (laughs) I hope not. not. (laughs) Oh, man. So that is our check-in with Telnet versus Sparcy. And as we close out just want to reiterate my picks for this week to win our lance man love roster guard 99 jim kelly hates cancer hater tech flutie flakes and night shift last week went five and two in my picks bringing me to 23 and 13 on the season you can buy our nfl nfl swag on redbubble at bit.ly slash analysis nffl no capital letters Got myself a a dad hat on there. Nice ball cap. Looks really nice. Feels comfortable, too. Buys this week for Bimageddon. Where's my Bimageddon theme here? Yeah. Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, Los Angeles Chargers, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota. And Thursday Night Football this week is Denver taking on Cleveland in Cleveland. So, Jason, thanks for stopping by and helping out with the podcast this week. Any final words? Any final insults for Ben? None at all. I'm going to keep my mouth shut until I play Ben again. (laughs) (laughs) Probably wise. Well, that's it for us this week, guys. (laughs) 
We'll see you on the gridiron and uh, be back here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.